Amen. Thank you, ladies, for leading so beautifully. We'd like to welcome you to this time of worship. We invite those of you who are worshiping with us inside this building. We welcome those of you worshiping through live stream and Facebook Live. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to worship with us. It is a beautiful fall day and a great day to worship our living, loving Lord. So thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We pray that wherever you are worshiping, whether in this place or at your home or on the road, that you might feel the presence of the Lord and that we all might be drawn closer to Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit. This week, I'm going to invite you, if you're worshiping in this place, well, you can do this at home if you would like. I'm going to invite you to stand, and I want you to just wave at those around you or point to them or give them the bump, peace sign, whatever it is at this time. Thank you. Thank you all. Praise the Lord, let the earth 
remain standing as we continue to worship.
of you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have 
God has been faithful to all of us. God is so faithful. And every day we should be able to sing of the goodness of God and, and His Holy Spirit pursues us. And I pray convicts us and changes us to be more like Jesus Christ. So I'm so grateful that you are worshiping with us today. Again, no matter where you might be, and every week there's an opportunity for us to humble ourselves before an almighty God and, and to pray. We all need prayer. And if there was ever a time for us as Christians to be in prayer, it would be today. We need prayer more than ever today. And I hope that you will be not only today, but that you would be in a constant state of prayer as we seek God's face and we turn from our wicked ways and we ask God for direction and healing and peace and strength. And if you're worshiping with us today, whether here or on live stream or Facebook Live and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, I pray that today might be a day of salvation for someone. It's not too late. I often think about Jesus again giving that criminal on the cross when really he was on his deathbed dying and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus turned and said, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. You know what that lets me know? It's not too late for you today. No matter how bad you've been or how good you think you've been, it's not too late to come to Christ. Won't you join me as we pray together? Father, we come singing. There's no other name like the name of Jesus that's so sweet for us to sing and to worship and to proclaim. And Father, we can sing of your goodness and we can sing of your faithfulness because we only have to look back through our lives to see how you've been faithful every moment of every day. We're the ones, Lord, that have been unfaithful. And forgive me and forgive us when we've dropped the ball, when we've gotten out of bounds, when we've messed up. But yet you love us so much that you would send your one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross, that whosoever would believe in you would not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for that promise, and thank you for the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ. Father, we are a blessed people, and may we never take for granted the blessings that you have shown us. Lord, I just pray right now for folks that are hurting, folks that are grieving, folks that are battling sickness or illness. We had people in the hospital. We had people recovering from this virus. We had people facing surgeries, recovering from surgeries. Lord, we know you are the great healer and the great physician, and we believe in your power to heal. And we pray 
in the strong name of Jesus that with your stripes we might be healed. And Father, I just pray for your continued blessings upon every person worshiping today, whether in person or online. Father, I pray they might feel a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we come to you at a critical time today. We're living in a divided nation. Father, we have people that hate one another and people, Lord, that are bringing harm to others. And Lord, I pray that you would bring healing to our country and our world. Not only heal us from this virus, but heal us, God, from hate and division. Father, we pray that you would bring unity. And Lord, I pray a special prayer for the election on Tuesday, that your will would be done. Lord, show us who you would have to lead our country for such a time as this. And Lord, I pray that we as Christians would commit to pray for whoever is in that position and all of our election results. May we pray for our leaders. Father, may we seek your guidance and wisdom as we again go through this very, very challenging time. And Lord, we pray for this church and all the churches that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, that you would bring revival and spiritual awakening. And Father, that this church might always be a lighthouse on this hill. Father, we know that the devil would like nothing more than to snub your light, to cover your light, to discourage us, to defeat us. May Satan have no glory. Father, would you hide his ugly face from our lives and from this church. And Father, we pray for your blessings to be upon our children and our youth as they try to do school during a very difficult time and bless the teachers and, and Father administrators and volunteers in the school system. Father, protect our families and keep people safe. Protect this church keep us safe and I'm so grateful Father that we have tried our best Father to do the right thing and to try to keep people safe and Lord I just pray that your Holy Spirit would now continue to move through the beautiful music and through the proclamation of your word remove distractions remove anything from our hearts or lives that would hinder your voice from being heard and our lives from being transformed. For we need you, Lord. We trust in you. And we pray all these things, thanking you in advance for the victory we're trusting you to bring in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3? And so grateful for all the beautiful music ladies playing today. And then worship team, thank you all for leading. Uh, it's always great to sing praise 
and give glory to God. And I'm grateful that we can worship the Lord together. We'll begin reading with verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 3. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
message and song and what a great reminder that it's only through Christ living in us that we can get through what we're going through today and so thank you for reminding us and thank you again for being here and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I always like to share a little bit of humor to get you ready for something more important to hear and this kind of goes through what we're uh, going through today. Uh, do you know what the Three uh, great parties are in America. There's the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and the Tupperware Party. You know what I dislike most about political jokes? They keep getting elected. So, is this working test? Uh, you all got an extra hour of sleep last night, didn't you? If you're like our house, everybody stays up an hour later, so it evens, it evens out. But if you're like me, we're all going to be glad when we stop seeing all the political ads and the, the commercials and all the mudslinging. I think we've all had enough of seeing all of that. We're ready for that to be off of the TV or out of people's yards. But the fact is that this is a very, very important time in the life of our country and in our lives as Christians. This has been one of the most contentious elections that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Maybe you would agree or disagree in, in your lifetime. And we may not know who's the president of the United States after Tuesday for several days. We may not know who's going to be leading our country. But I can assure you of this, that no matter who wins, there's going to be close to half of our nation is going to be very upset. No matter who wins, close to half of our country will be greatly upset. And as I was praying for God's direction for a message today, which I pray every week for God's direction for a message 
I asked that he would give me the scripture. I asked that he would give me the message. I asked him to prepare my heart and to prepare your hearts and that we would all be receptive to his Holy Spirit's leading. That's every week. So no, even though it may or may not speak to your heart, I have prepared to preach God's word and asking my heart to be right and your heart to be right and that we would all be receptive. But the Lord led me to this passage found in Hebrews chapter 3. If you remember, we're not sure who wrote Hebrews. Some have suggested that it was Paul, but yet Paul usually identified himself and he did not, this writer, identify himself. Some have suggested that it was Barnabas, who was a companion of Paul. Others have suggested Apollos, who also was a co-laborer for Christ. But the truth is, we're probably not going to know for sure who wrote Hebrews until we get to heaven one day, and we can ask the Lord face to face, who wrote Hebrews? And maybe we can sit down and talk with them. But the Hebrew writer was writing because there were some Jewish Christians, and that was his primary audience that he was writing to. There were some Jewish Christians that were trying to Judaize the gospel. In other words, they were trying to revert back to their uh, practices of Judaism or to revert to Judaism. They were trying to bring some of the Old Testament laws and practices into the New Testament church. And so the Hebrew writer was writing to encourage them and to remind them of the sufficiency and the supremacy of Jesus Christ so they would not give up, that they would not get discouraged because some of them were losing their faith. They were ready to throw in the towel. They were ready to give up. And maybe that's where some of you are today. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to give up. You, you've been through a, a, a period of time that you're just so over it and you're so ready for this election to be over and everything to get back to normal. There's so many folks that are right there and you're on the verge. But the Hebrew writer was saying, look, you keep your faith in Christ because he will bring the victory. If you do not lose your heart and you do not lose your faith, God will bring the victory. So as I was praying for God's direction, knowing that there's a very important election, which many of you or most of you maybe have already voted, others will be voting tomorrow or Tuesday, but I was praying, Lord, what is the Christian response no matter what happens in this election? How as we as Christians should respond regardless of the outcome? Should we give up if it's the person that we were not voting for or supporting? Shall we get angry and rebel? Uh, should we cower in fear? Or what is our response as Christians? I hope today through this beautiful passage that God would speak to you and to me and that we would first of all have the right heart, that we would first of all have the right heart. In verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 3, the Hebrew writer said, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. 
See to it that none of you, brothers and sisters, has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. See to it. Other translations say, look for or watch or beware. This is a warning. See to it that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart. And maybe there are some of us here today or watching that have been guilty of having the wrong kind of heart. I've said it for many years, even before all of this that's going on, that Christians, if there should be any people that have the right kind of heart and spirit, it should be a Christian person. That regardless of our circumstance, that our hearts would be right with God. And when the Hebrew writer is sharing these words, he's reminding these Jewish Christians of their past history. And he refers specifically to Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Remember when Moses had led the children of Israel out of their slavery and bondage in Egypt? And, and as they were getting ready to take that land, Canaan flowing with milk and honey, do you remember that the people rebelled? Why? Because Moses had sent out 12 spies. You remember the story? And as he sent out 12 spies, 10 of them came back and said, there is no way, there's no way we can take this land. The people there are huge. They are so much stronger and bigger than us. There is no way. We were like grasshoppers compared to them. But you remember there were two spies, Caleb and Joshua, who said, yeah, we can take this land. We can take it because God is with us and we do not have to be afraid. And that's the attitude that we should have today. We should have the heart that we don't have to be afraid. God is with us and he's ultimately going to bring the victory. But know that so many times there are people who allow the the appearance of what is going on in our world today to defeat them and to discourage them. And, and here the Hebrew writer was reminding them of this patent as a warning. And you remember that he was saying, look, you can't live like this. He had promised them that he would give them this land, but yet they disobeyed him. And as a result, that, that generation did not make it in. And if you would read back in verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 3, we didn't read it, but the Hebrew writer is quoting the psalmist out of Psalm 95 verse 10 when he said, see, that is why I was so angry with that generation. Their hearts were always straying from me and they would not follow my ways. That sounds like us, doesn't it? Their hearts were always straying from him, and they would not follow my ways. I, they would not follow the, the ways I had made known to them. And maybe that's where you are today. And it says that we are not to have a sinful heart. Well, you know where sin came from. 
in the Garden of Eden when God placed Adam and Eve in this beautiful paradise. He said, you can eat of any tree in this garden, but the tree in the middle is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat of it, you will surely die. You know the story. Satan came in the form of a serpent, the ancient serpent, and he tempted them. They ate, and at that moment, boom, that's when sin entered into the world. That's when our hearts became sinful. We were born with a sinful nature because of the sin that took place in the Garden of Eden. And as a result, we struggle with a sinful heart. And maybe that's your struggle today. You're struggling with a sinful heart. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, the Pharisees, this religious group that were holier than thou, who many times followed the law but had no relationship, they were more about the religious practice than having a relationship, and they were upset because disciples were eating their food without washing their hands first. And they were saying that it would defile their food because they weren't washing their hands. And Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18, and 19, uh, for what comes out of the mouth comes out of the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts and murder and adultery and sexual immorality and, and theft and false testimony and slander. That's a page out of today's news. But these things make a person unclean. Not what goes in, it's what comes out. And he was saying, this is what defiles people. This is what causes a sinful heart. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What do you have in your hearts? But see to it that no one has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. These Christians were not believing even though God had been so faithful. We just sang about it. God had been so faithful to them. God had provided an out when they were in their bondage and slavery, just like God will provide you an out if you're in slavery to a sin or bondage to an addiction or something going on in your life. God provides a way out. He had provided the fire by night in a cloud during the day. He had rained down manna from heaven and caused water to come out of the rock and gave them quail to eat. And yet they still doubted God. How many of us doubt that God is in control when he has blessed us our whole lives? He has provided for us time after time after time, and now all of a sudden we're doubting. That's exactly what the great deceiver, the devil, John 8, 44, the father of all lies, wants to do. He wants to cause us to doubt. Don't doubt today. God is faithful and he will provide, but we've got to have our hearts right. Remember David, the psalmist said in Psalm 139, 23 and 24, when he said, search me, O God. It was a prayer of devotion. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We know that David at one time didn't have the right heart. Remember, he had lust in his heart. 
He had murder in his heart. He had adultery in his heart. And you remember what he prayed in Psalm 51.10 after being confronted by his friend Nathan? He said, create in me a clean, pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Is it possible that some of us today need to pray, create in me a clean heart, O God, a right heart, regardless of the outcome of this election, regardless if things are going our way, regardless of our circumstance, the hopelessness of how things seem to be around us, that we would say, Father, create in me the right heart, the right spirit. This past week, one day, I was taking my nine-year-old daughter, Anne Catherine, to school. Usually, my wife and I will trade off majority of the time Kelly takes her to school, but, but sometimes I get that joy of taking her to school. And, and one of the very first things we do is we pray when we go to school and, and uh, have our prayer time. And, but before we could even do our prayer time, Aunt Catherine was sitting in my back seat and, and uh, she had pulled up into the back seat. She had her seatbelt on, but she was right there in between the seats. And there must have been in the back seat some little questions that came out of a Chick-fil-A kids meal where they bring you a toy or you can, we usually cash it in to get the ice cream. But anyway, there was a little uh, questions that you could ask your family around the table, like table questions for your family. And Aunt Catherine, and this was about 7.20 in the morning, 7.15 on the way to school. And my little girl said, Daddy, if you could go back, and it, when she asked it, I didn't know she was asking off a little card from Chick-fil-A. I just thought, wow. She said, Daddy, if you could go back to any time period, what time period would it be and why? And I thought, what? where did that come from? What? You know, and I didn't know she was reading it, but, you know, first thing I thought about going back to 80s so I could wear my blue jean jacket again. Anyway, but I said, I don't know, sweetheart. I said, what about you? Now, this is from a nine-year-old. This is about 7.20 in the morning. She said, if I could go back to any time period, I'd go back to the very beginning of time, and I would tell Adam and Eve when they're getting ready to eat that fruit, no, don't. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. And man, my, I have to tell you, my heart was touched. Because she said then we would not have sickness and death. And then we went into a time of prayer and we prayed for family members and loved ones that are sick or having health issues. But isn't that a beautiful... To have the innocence and purity of a child's heart all of us, if we're Christians or longing to be, should say this to sin and to an unbelieving generation. No, don't do it. Stop, you're going to regret it. If we all could have that desire to say no to the world and yes to Jesus, what a difference we can make. And I pray today that we would all have the right heart. That's our response as Christians, to have the right heart. But not only are we to have the right heart, we're to 
help by encouraging people. We are to help by encouraging people. If you would read on in verse 13, it says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that you may not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We must encourage one another daily. That's the responsibility as Christians. And really, we should adopt an urgent attitude with the time we're living in to encourage people all the more. Let me ask you, have you been encouraging people or discouraging? Our responsibility as Christians are to be encouragers regardless of our circumstances. We are to encourage one another. That's what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, let us encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. The Hebrew writer wrote in Hebrews 10, uh, 24 and 25, consider how we can uh, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Listen to this second verse, verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more until we see the capital D day approaching. Now, when it says encourage one another as long as it is called today, you know what he was talking about? Today means God's grace is still upon us. In other words, it's not too late to get your house in order. When it says God's grace, as long as it's called today, but there will be a time when it'll be too late. So while there is time, while there is daylight, we must Surrender our all to Jesus Christ. We must be willing to encourage. And then when it says in verse 25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And if you received our newsletter this past week, I've been worried about folks growing complacent and being out of God's house during this season, that they've grown comfortable of being home instead of coming back to church. Let us not give up meeting together but let us encourage one another all the more until we see the day. Now that's talking about the return of Christ as we see that day approaching. But how can we encourage people? We need to have the right heart, but we need to encourage people. And there are many ways we can encourage people. It can be a phone call, it can be a text, it can be a card, it can be a letter, it can be food, it can be praying for them. Like during the prayer challenge, I hope we're still maybe walking, praying with neighbors or for neighbors, but there are many ways we can encourage. And I don't have time in this message to tell you all the many different words of encouragement that my family and I have received over these last several months. And I am humbly grateful for all the words of encouragement. I've tried to encourage you through messages and through praying for you. And I've spoken with many of you on the phone or prayed with you over the phone. I've tried to encourage you the best I know how. But just this past weekend, I was humbled. We were humbled as one of our dear church members made some delicious food and some uh, Halloween treats for the children on Friday. I was so grateful for that, so appreciative of that. And 
And uh, also on Friday, my, my Aunt Betty was so sweet to, to bring by to my three children uh, some gifts. And with each gift was a, was a letter encouraging my children through this difficult season and gave my two girls some beautiful sentimental pieces of jewelry and gave my son Isaiah a fishing lure that was my grandfather's. I think it was a Neil Spinner maybe that, that he had fished with and knowing my son loves fishing, it was an encouragement that he received from his great granddad that he never knew that, uh, that beautiful keepsake and that was encouraging. And also just yesterday, uh, we had some folks that were so loving to, to stop by and, and give some sweet cards and to bring us um, some sweet gifts, encouraging us. And, and even one of them uh, looked at me, compared me to being a coach, saying that, that you have coached us and encouraged us to stay in the game. I used to think I'd always want to be a coach. In high school, I took one of those Gappy or whatever tests. I wanted to be a high school English teacher and a basketball coach. But God had a different plan. But yet, I still try to coach people, and they were so gracious, saying that I've been a coach. I felt like there are two coaches. You can be a coach that encourages or discourages. You can be a coach that builds people up or tears people down. You can be a coach that, that sees the potential in someone or someone that you say, you can just sit on the end of the bench. I've tried to be the kind of coach that brings people into the game, which I ultimately believe, which they said God is the athletic director, but I, I like to say, keep your eyes on Jesus. But they wrote special words that touched my heart. My wife, Kelly, this past week sent out an article that she felt led of God, the time change, talking about the time change. And the only reason she did it was to try to be an encouragement to people during this season in which we're living. But I also want to share with you a, a letter that I received a short time, a while, uh, a while back. And I, uh, I'm not going to tell you the name to protect the the innocent or the guilty, but it said, Dear Brother Todd, I listen to you every Sunday, and for all the negative posts that people place on Facebook, the services from our church far outweigh the negative, and I hope someone that needs to hear the word of God will stumble upon our service and be saved. I admit, I love watching them but would love to return to church in person again soon. But with my husband being a diabetic and me being a severe asthmatic, he keeps our circle small. I pray every day that this will be over soon and life will get back to normal. Through all the, through all the bad things that are happening in the world now, there are good that outweigh them. Our youngest daughter was saved again. She was initially saved at five years old, and as she grew, like a lot of other young ones, she lost her heart for a while. We had prayed that for a long time, and God answered our prayers and now continually blesses her every day. So when things do get back to normal, our whole family will be at church, praise God. I would like you to know 
that I think about you and keep you in my prayers every day. Our horses are located at Shady Lane, and every evening when we go feed, we hear our beautiful bells. I admit, I tell the horses, let's pray, and we say a prayer for you in our church. Also, truthfully, they are munching through the prayer, but maybe they are praying silently and eating. Thank you so much for all that you do and know that you are appreciated and God's love shows through you. God bless you. And then they quoted Hebrews 13, 15. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. I appreciate it so much that even the horses are praying for me eating while they're praying. But what a beautiful encouragement. And maybe we can do that as well, that no matter what happens this Tuesday, that we would look to encourage people that maybe will be taking things a little bit harder than someone else and look for ways we can build them up or encourage them. But lastly, I challenge you to Hold firmly to your faith. To hold firmly to your faith. When we look at verse 14, that's what we're challenged to do. As we share in Christ, let us hold to our original uh, commitment so that we might hold firmly to the very end. Let us hold on to that original commitment when we first received Christ. When it says, as we share in Christ, that means that we belong to, we participate in his blessings. We cling to that faith even during the season that we're going through. And that's what the Hebrew writer was saying. Look, don't be tempted to, to quit. Don't be tempted to throw in the top. We hold firmly to our faith. And if you would read over in Hebrews 10, 23, that's what the Hebrew writer said. Hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who called you is faithful. Once again, God is faithful if we do our part in holding on to our faith. And then Hebrews 6, 19 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. In other words, just as an anchor holds a ship in proper position, so our faith holds us in proper position. And today, maybe you're being swayed and rocked by the winds and waves of trouble and, and all the politics and everything else that's blowing around and going around. But when we hold firmly to our faith regardless of our circumstance, we trust God is going to bring the victory. And he will do that today. And that's what our response as Christians should be. This past week, I was down in the Cross Center visiting with Lee Rainwater, our recreation director, and there were some other folks that were there I, saying hey to some people that had been playing pickleball coming out and, and then some of our church members came in and, and uh, as we were there at the, the counter, one of our church members came in and, and this election came up, politics came up and, 
And we were being serious, but then also joking. And well, Lee Rainwater, when that subject came up, he walked from behind the counter, started walking down the hall. I said, Lee, where are you going? He said, well, I got to go to the restroom. He was laughing. He was just trying to get out of the conversation. So then my friend and I, we were talking, and then somebody else walked in. So then they started talking politics. And, and one, again, they were joking, but also serious about the one said, now, I told you we're not going to talk politics in God's house, okay? And they went back and forth, and then that person walked off, and then another person walked in the cross center, and uh, my, my friend said, well, I know that they'll talk politics, and, and this person responded, and, and I love this response, and they said, I'm not voting the donkey this election. I'm not voting the elephant this election. I'm voting the lamb, the lamb of God. And I love that response. And I have loved seeing in some people's yards, have you all seen it? Jesus 2020. We can never go wrong when we vote in Jesus Christ and we place our treasure. We will never be led astray. We will never lose hope. We will never give up when we place our faith and trust completely in Jesus Christ. Have you done that today? How, are you holding firmly to your faith in Jesus Christ no matter what's swirling around us? Are you ready to do the same thing after this election? That whoever's in office, you're going to pray for them? And you're going to support them and you're going to encourage people. And we as Christians are to be witnesses to share with people the hope that we have found in Christ. And if you're here today and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, what are you waiting for? As long as it is called today. And if you would read on in, in verse 15, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion when they wouldn't go into the promised land like God had commanded them because they were afraid. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart like they did in the rebellion. And you know what? This world hardens people's hearts. Sin hardens people's hearts. Sin's deceitfulness, the devil's lies, harden people's hearts. Today, would you allow Christ to come in your heart and your life and save you. Maybe you're a Christian like my friend wrote. Her daughter recommitted her life to Christ and, and she's starting a new life with Christ because she was young when she gave her life to Christ. Maybe you were and since then you've been pulled by the world. Maybe today you need to recommit your life to Christ and say, I got off track but I'm ready to get my life back where it needs to be. Or maybe you've been looking for a church home. I'm telling you, this is a special place. I pray for you all daily. I can't wait till we can get back to more normal and see this place filled. But I'm grateful that we can worship the Lord. And today, if you would like to be a part of this church family, we would love to have you to be a part of the loving church God has blessed us with. But what's your response today? How will you respond as we pray for the leading of the Spirit of God, may we pray together. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment 
that if there are any folks in this room or watching and they've never given their life to you, may this be the day. Father, remove pride, remove guilt, remove the hardness of sin and soften the heart. Father, may folks not give up, but that we would give in to your Spirit's leading and that we would place our trust in you. Lord, would there be someone today that would pray a simple prayer much like this? Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, if there's one or two or many that prayed that today, would they follow through with that commitment, Lord, and hold firmly to their faith? Lord, maybe there are Christians that have been beat up by this world and everything that's going on, and it's caused them not to have a right heart or right spirit. Oh, Lord, today, help me and all of us to have the right heart and the right spirit, regardless of what happens moving forward, but that our hearts would be right with you. Or God, maybe there are folks that have been looking for a church home. Lord, I'm so grateful, blessed to have such a loving church. And Father, if there are folks, even during this season, that would like to unite with us, may this be the day or this be the week that many new family members come in. Just help us, oh God, I pray, and help us to respond to your calling, and we'll give you all the glory in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. If you're in this place, I'm going to invite you to stand with us, and if you would like to come as we sing a hymn of commitment, I'm going to invite you to come down to the front pews, and I'd be happy to pray for you, but would you stand at this time? as we sing together, or you can respond from your home as well. Jesus is tenderly calling you home, calling today, calling today. Why from the sunshine up? Today. 
thank you so much for worshiping with us today, whether online or here in person. I pray that you were encouraged to go from this place and into this week uh, asking the Lord for his will to be done, not only in this election, but in our lives, and that we as Christians would do the right thing and have the right heart and the right spirit. No matter what, God gets the victory and the glory for great things he hath done. And I want to remind you, if on our church email list, you'll be receiving discussion questions that you and your family or a friend can discuss either in person or over the phone or, or however the spirit leads you. But this is just to take you a little bit deeper into what we were talking about today. And I encourage you to do that. This takes the place of our evening worship. I invite you to join us on Wednesday night at 6. We've been doing in-person prayer meeting, but also uh, if we do not see a, a little bit more participation, we're probably going to go back to online. We've been having very, very small uh, turnout on Wednesday, and so if need be, we'll go back to online, and then we'll reevaluate when folks are ready to come back. But thank you for your continued prayers and love and support. We... Our staff cannot do what we do without your prayers and love and support. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love each of you and appreciate you. And God loves you even more than I do. And I'm grateful for his love. Thanks to Jay for being here today as Bill is away. Jay, if you don't mind to close us, this will be our choral benediction. God bless you as you go from this place. <laughs>